The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and pushing too far and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. In today's episode, I'm going to focus on some of the data that goes into your stress score, which I don't believe I've talked about yet. So if you've started using MyStressAlarm.com, then you know uh, that each day it asks you a couple multiple choice questions about your rest and sleep. You have three options to choose from and simple guidelines to go by. Easy peasy. Uh, I always say it takes a minute a day if you're slow. Uh, But there are some things to consider. So let's just go over it. Um, So we'll start with sleep. Your choices are very well, well, and not well. And you want to take into account quality as well as quantity. So if you slept like a rock, but for only four hours, you would put not well. If you slept like a rock for eight hours, then put very well. Now here's where it can get a little tricky. Anything less than six hours in bed, I personally automatically put not well. Just based on the fact that I don't think uh, that's enough physical rest for me. And as I've gotten older, I've noticed that when I don't get at least six hours bed rest, sleeping or not, I tend to get heartburn the next day. I think it may have something to do with my back like not getting enough rest, but there's some kind of connection there. But I only bring it up because I realize that some people don't need as much sleep as others. But that's only from a mental or cognitive standpoint. I'm pointing out that there's also a need for adequate physical rest to consider as well when making your assessment. So let's stop there for a second. A sleep expert might say that you need some kind of monitoring device to really get a good understanding of how you slept. After all, what if you woke up uh, in the middle of the night during REM sleep versus stage three? How would you know? Now, if you were monitoring your sleep to help try to improve it or to help diagnose a, a sleep disorder or something like that, then of course monitoring your sleep makes sense. But for purposes of calculating chronic stress levels, we could just judge uh, based on how sluggish we, we feel in the morning, right? So if you woke up in the middle of the night at a less than optimal time in your sleep cycle, then you're just going to feel more sluggish the next day. So it really comes down to how you feel when you're making your sleep assessment. If you wake up feeling refreshed and ready to tackle the day, then your sleep was probably in the well to very well range. And vice versa, if you tossed and turned all night and had to drag yourself out of bed, it was probably not well. But certainly there's some judgment required in making these assessments, especially the marginal calls, uh, was it the higher end of well or the lower end of very well? You could drive yourself crazy, so don't do that. Uh, just try to be as consistent as you can, and it'll all average out over time. And I should mention that guidelines that I follow for assessments or otherwise might not be suitable for everyone. So ultimately, it is up to you to decide how you make your assessments. Again, just try to be consistent. Uh, now, moving on to rest level. Your choices are at least three hours total rest for the day, between two and three hours, and less than two hours. 
So it doesn't have to be all at once, of course, just for the whole day. And again, I wouldn't overthink it, but there are a couple things to consider. If you drive to work, which I realize a lot more people are working from home now due to the pandemic, but um, if you usually drive to work, I personally would not count that as resting. And I know some of you are like, what? That's the only peace and quiet I get all day. But the thing is, you still have to pay attention to the road, right? So you're not truly relaxing, um, especially if you're in rush hour. You're start and stop and start and stop. And so you have to you know, be that much more aware. So to me, you're kind of cheating yourself a little if you count that as resting. But you may think otherwise, which would be fine. Uh, also, as part of your rest time, don't forget to count your meals unless it was like a, a working lunch or something. But I wouldn't count the prep time to make the meals. Now, if your name is Martha Stewart, or you're someone who lives to cook, then that's different. But I think most of us kind of push through it uh, because we can't afford a personal chef. Um, other than that, uh, there is a box that you can check off uh, if something in particular was worrying you all day. It's important to capture this because it takes energy to worry. Um, you can think of it as a, a leaky faucet that slowly drains your energy. So your rest level would be a little skewed or misleading if this worry factor wasn't taken into account at all. So those are some of the considerations to keep in mind when making your assessments each day. But all in all, it's pretty darn easy. Uh, so I'd like to take a step back now and just briefly discuss how chronic stress monitoring differs from other methods of measuring stress and why it's by far the most suitable for identifying your stress threshold, which is the level of stress it takes to trigger stress-related symptoms in a particular individual. So with biofeedback apps, uh, they can measure blood pressure, muscle tension, heart rate variability, blood flow, uh, breathing patterns, the temperature of your fingertips, all kinds of things. But the one thing they all have in common is that they fluctuate throughout the day making it difficult to correlate with symptoms, which generally present themselves, let's say, day to day. So in other words, if you have a headache today, you're not going to say, well, my headache was worse from 9.30 to 12.30, then got better until 3.45, you know, and so on. No, you're going to say, I had a headache today, I didn't have one yesterday, and hopefully I won't have one tomorrow. <laughs> now, symptoms may come and go throughout the day to some extent, but we don't, Think of symptoms as on an hour-to-hour -hour basis. Chronic stress monitoring, on the other hand, gives you one score a day. So it's much more conducive to correlating with your symptoms, in my opinion. Now, you could take an average of all the measurements throughout the day. Uh, not sure how, how uh, helpful that would be. But another thing to keep in mind is that those measurements are susceptible to being affected by factors other than stress. Again, uh, blood pressure, muscle tension, heart rate variability, blood flow, breathing patterns, temperature, your fingertips. I mean, a lot of factors can affect those measurements, right? With chronic stress monitoring, the data points are behavior driven. So when you go to bed and how much you rest during the day are not very susceptible to outside environmental factors. They're not completely impervious to outside factors. Uh, your neighbor could decide to mow the lawn at 7 a.m., or some crew could be jackhammering down the street when you're trying to take a nap. But for the most part, when you go to bed and how much you rest during the day is mostly driven by personal choice, including how many obligations you, cho you choose to take on at one time.
I'm actually going to uh, dedicate a future episode to deep dive into all these other options uh, for measuring stress and um, uh, what their value propositions are, uh, their behavioral change approach, and the specific methods used for measuring stress. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time, there's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.